What's that? Oh, thank you. Need to use the microphone. How's that? Is that better? How many of you are visiting with us tonight? Great. Well, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. And welcome if you're not visiting with us tonight, if you're part of the ICP family. We're so glad to have you here. And if you're watching us online, uh, streaming this service, uh, we're so glad you found uh, yourself here at the ICP worship service. I see many of you standing here. I think we have more standing than sitting. So uh, the sermon is not as long tonight, I promise. Uh, and so we'll, we'll uh, go through it more quickly than usual. But before we get to our passage this evening, I just wanted to say, uh, personally, what a gift it is to be here with you all tonight. Uh, this is our uh, the Weigline family's first uh, Christmas with ICP, um, and it's just a real gift to be here and to celebrate Christmas with you all, our new church family. And so, um, so we are excited to be here. And uh, there's a couple things that I love about Christmas Eve services. Um, the first is uh, the 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 carols that we sing are just so rich, uh, theologically rich. I feel like each one is a sermon in itself. And so no matter what I say tonight, uh, you have heard the word of the Lord proclaimed. You have heard the good news of Jesus Christ's birth already proclaimed tonight and have responded to it. And so each one of these songs that we've already sung, you could go back and reflect on uh, and think about uh, God's good news to you. Um, The second thing I love about Christmas Eve services is um, just how good it is to gather together as as God's children uh, to worship our newborn King and Savior. Um, As I've been going around, I've seen nativity scenes my entire life uh, at this time of year, but for some reason this year it struck me a little bit differently, um, and we see them, uh, maybe it's because I'm in Europe, and so I'm just seeing them in more and more in different places in Christmas markets, but uh, we see the shepherds, and we see uh, the wise men, and we see Mary and Joseph, and we see the angels, and we see the animals uh, all here at the manger scene, and baby Jesus lying in the manger, and they've all gathered together to worship him and to bring their gifts to him. Um, and I know we could debate about the historical accuracy of all of these things. I know people like to do that. But regardless, the picture that we see uh, in these nativity scenes, I think, gives us a, a big truth um, of people from all tribes and nations men and women, poor and rich, uh, who have come together uh, to worship Jesus. And this is what is going to happen one day, uh, that we will all gather together before the throne, that this baby in this manger is the same one of whom Philippians says that one day uh, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so every time we see that manger scene, I hope we remember that, uh, that that is what is going on there. Even the animals being there tells us that all of creation, all of God's creation worships Jesus. Uh, And so what a gift, what a gift. So uh, we are going to be looking at the uh, familiar Christmas passage from the Gospel of Luke tonight, uh, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 20. Uh, that tells the story of Jesus' birth. And we're looking at the English Standard Version tonight. It sticks a little bit uh, more closely to the traditional King James Version, so I like it uh, for what we're doing tonight. Um, Let's pray before we read. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your Word, uh, which was given to us by your Holy Spirit, so that we might know your Son, that we might hear your good news proclaimed, that we might put our faith in him and find salvation in him. And so we pray tonight, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears to receive whatever it is that you want to say to us tonight as your people. 
And we pray that, uh, Lord, that you would make us ready to respond to it. We ask this all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So tonight we're going to be looking at this passage from Luke, uh, as we just heard, Luke's version of the Christmas story with all of the shepherds and the angels and the manger. Um, and, and I have to give credit uh, for my sermon tonight, at least the structure of it, uh, is from a um, 20th century Swiss pastor and theologian, a guy named Karl Barth. Uh, Karl Barth was a German, uh, well, he was Swiss, but he was part of the German Confessing Church during World War II. And after the war, uh, he spent a lot of time uh, preaching in prisons. He was a prison chaplain. And on Sundays, he would go and he would preach sermons in a prison, showing that he believed that this good news was for all people. And in Christmas of 1954, he preached a sermon uh, on this passage simply called, Unto You is Born This Day a Savior. And so we're going to be looking at that part of our passage from tonight and looking at those three pieces. Unto you is born this day a Savior. And we're going to be reflecting on the three parts of this proclamation that the angels gave to the shepherds. But before we really get there, I want to ask you a quick question. Just think about it in your own heads. Uh, But what were you expecting when you came here tonight? What were you expecting when you came here tonight? 
I know probably you were expecting, maybe not this many people, I don't know, uh, but we're expecting uh, to sing Christmas carols, familiar Christmas carols. Uh, maybe you were expecting to hear scriptures read, prayers to be prayed, uh, a sermon, uh, to see and worship with people that you know and that you care about. Uh, maybe you were expecting cookies uh, and warm apple cider afterwards. Uh, maybe you were expecting who knows what. Uh, but you come with lots of expectations when you come to a service like this. And I would imagine most of you have not been surprised by anything that we have done so far this evening. But my next question is this, how many of you came here tonight expecting something from God? How many of you came here tonight expecting something from God? Are we expecting to hear a word from the Lord tonight for God to actually speak to us? Are we looking for the Holy Spirit to do anything, to show up in some way, to to fill us up this evening? to work in our hearts tonight, to change us in some way? Is that what we were expecting when we came here tonight? I don't assume the answer is no, but it's just a question for you. Would we be open to it if these things happened? Would you be open to it if something of this sort happened? I ask this because This story of the first Christmas that we just read in Luke is much more strange and powerful than I think that we often give it credit for. It's filled with with angels and the Holy Spirit and, and a virgin giving birth to the Son of the Almighty God himself. It's not as sweet and warm and cozy necessarily as we often picture it. Uh, if you were at ICP last Sunday, you saw the children's program, and I, and I loved one of the lines that the shepherds kept saying uh, when the angels showed up. They said, could this be aliens have landed on the earth, or could it really be something much, much worse, right? Uh, I wonder if this is what the shepherds were really thinking. It said that they were filled with great fear. Imagine if you had been out there in the fields tending sheep that first Christmas, and that is what appeared in the sky and happened to you. It reminds me of the author Anne Lamont, an American author, and she says this. She says, it is foolishness uh, for women to wear their nice, comfortable hats uh, to church on Sundays, because what we should really be wearing is crash helmets, What we should really be wearing is crash helmets. The ushers should lash us to the pews and they should hand out signal flares just in case God actually shows up in power. Is that what we're expecting tonight? I think of these shepherds in the fields that were watching their sheep. They're just doing their jobs. I can't say for sure, but I would be surprised if they had been looking for God to do something in their lives that night. Were they looking for God to speak to them as they were out there that evening? And into their ordinary daily lives, this angel breaks in and shakes everything up. An angel, a messenger of the Lord, who carries the word of God on their lips for whoever the message is intended. And the word of God to these shepherds was, Fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which is for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Nothing can be the same for these shepherds once this has happened to them. 
once they have received this news. They could ignore it. They could choose not to follow, not to go to Bethlehem, not to do anything with it. But they've still heard it. They've still seen the angels. Or they can do what these shepherds actually did and respond to it. They can accept this good news and let their lives be changed by it. These shepherds go to see Jesus to see if this news is real. And they leave the manger glorifying and praising God and sharing the good news with others that they meet. Friends in Christ, to you is born today a Savior. This is the good news of great joy that the angels spoke to the shepherds. And that same good news comes to us tonight. This is a word from the Lord for us. Do we hear it? Will we receive it? To you, today, a Savior. To you. And this part, this is uh, part of the news is really important. This part of God's good news is really important. It sets it apart from any other sort of news that we might hear. Uh, I will confess to you all that I spend a little time, little time, most days, looking at the headlines on Google News. I don't know if anybody else does that, just to see what's going on in the world. Uh, I'll open a story and read it uh, if it seems to apply to me in some ways, but most of the time I just browse at the headlines uh, and then skim over what's going on. And if I decide to read a story, it's likely it's about something that I feel connected to in some way. If there's uh, something at stake for me in it, maybe it's from my hometown or something like that. It's one thing to read that someone has won a million dollars in Australia. It's something completely different, and I pay much more attention if I have won a million dollars. And that's in the headline that day. That good news is to me. This is that kind of news, what we have just heard from the angels. It is for you. It is to you. The angel is saying that this message matters for you, that you are connected to it. This is personal. The coming of Jesus Christ into the world matters for you. Matters for you. But this is also news that is to share, not just to keep to ourselves. The angel says, unto you is born this day. The prophet Isaiah, which uh, Mastona read this passage, says, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. This good news is for you, but it is also for your neighbor. It is for your children. It is for your parents. It is for your boss. It is for your coworker. It is good news for all people. The birth of Jesus Christ is what binds us all together as children of God. It's why we pray together in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, because we come to him together. This is what the Christian life is all about, life in communion with Christ and with one another through him. The good news from the angel is nothing if it is not personal. It is to you, it is for you, and it is for all of us together. Today, today, the good news of the angel is good news for the present. It is good news for you today, even tonight, as we are here together. It's possible to see the birth of Jesus Christ as simply an historical event, which it was. But it's also easy for us to leave it there as something that happened 2,000 years ago. Maybe we even think that it's something that happened in the past that allows us to go to heaven in the future but we miss the present. What does it mean for us now? 
It would be a mistake to think of it that way. Certainly, it is an event that did happen all those years ago, but it's an event that ushered in something new, a new day. As the prophet said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This is giving us a new way of being in the world. The birth of Jesus Christ was true then, and it is still true now, that we can live in, and we can live in communion with Christ even today. And doing so shines a light into the darkness of our lives. It allows us to see things as they truly are. It allows us to live not according to the ways of the world, but according to the ways of God's kingdom. We can see the world as it really is because Jesus Christ has been born. We can distinguish between good and evil. We can recognize our own tendency for sin, our own need for a savior. And most importantly, it allows us to see and know the holy God of Israel who has come to us in Jesus Christ. All of this is possible once we have received Christ in our lives. Uh, One Christmas carol that I really like uh, talks about, uh, or it says, has the line, be born in us today. Be born in us today. And that is the offer that the gospel has for each one of us, that today, this very night, Christ might be born in you so that you may have new life in him, life in the light. So today. And the last piece of the puzzle is a savior. Unto you is born today a savior. And this is the very heart of the Christmas story, that in Jesus Christ, God has come to us to save us. To you is born a savior. And for this, I'll, I'll turn to Karl Barth uh, to explain uh, what is meant by that. And Barth says this, the Savior, the one who brings us salvation. He is the helper. He is the liberator. He is the redeemer, as no man but God alone can be and is. He stands by us. He rescues us. He delivers us from the deadly plague of sin. And now we live because he is the Savior with us. The Savior is also he who gives salvation free of charge, with our, uh, without our deserving and without our assistance and without our paying the bill. All we are asked to do is to stretch out our hands and to receive the gift and be thankful. After uh, last week's sermon where we talked a lot about grace and the definition of grace, Trev came up to me and said, you know, the definition I've always heard is that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And I think it's good for us to remember that, that grace is not free. It's that we don't have to pay for it because Christ paid for it on the cross for us. And that's a good thing because we could not pay it for it ourselves. Our Savior paid this penalty on the cross, taking our sin upon himself, defeating evil and death so that the world could be free from sin. And all there is for us to do is to receive it, to put our faith in it, to repent and to turn towards Christ. So this is the meaning and the promise of Christmas, the good news of great joy, which the angels speak to us from God himself. So friends, I would ask you tonight, how will you respond? 
How will you respond to this good news that God has for you? Will you continue on as if you have never heard this announcement, as if you've never heard this good news before? Or will you, like the shepherds, rise up and go on the way that is being shown to you, the way that leads to salvation? Unto you is born today a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that we would not leave here tonight unchanged. Lord, that's our prayer each and every time we gather to worship you, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in us, changing us, speaking to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the grace that you have given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the good news of great joy that is for all the people. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.